Hello everyone, this is Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh. Today we're going to look at a wonderful verse in Romans chapter 8. The verse is verse 28. It reads, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is a significant verse, especially in Christianity. It's one of those verses that uh, is often used as a refrigerator magnet, a bumper sticker, those those type of um, verses get that type of attention. But usually those kind of verses like this that get that kind of attention um, often have a very surface level understanding of those that hold on to them and those that uh, utilize them. Uh, the effectual working of the verse uh, doesn't do its job because of a, a lack of understanding of, of of the verse and what God's trying to teach. This is one of those verses that because of the way it's written, because of the what it says, um, it can just kind of grab that and become a popular verse instead of understanding the depth of the verse and to gain the full measure of the profitability that God wants us to have from a verse like this. Today what I want to talk about is, uh, I want to talk about this verse in general, but then I also want to talk about how is it that all things work together for good. So let's begin to look at it. Uh, we are here in Romans chapter 8 when you're dealing with this verse. There are some things that uh, Paul has said before this. Obviously you have uh, seven basically eight and a half chapters uh, that he's given that this verse relies upon. Also, it's it's looking at seven and a half more uh, chapters uh, ahead of it. So it's kind of the halfway point in one sense, uh, Romans chapter eight is, of the book of Romans. And it's what I call a... a, a a gateway or a bridge chapter in the book of Romans. And what's taking place here in the book of Romans is Paul has just got done dealing with our sanctified position in Christ in Romans 6, that we can't put that new position in Christ under the law. And then he described how it is that we are going to live under grace and the, the mechanics of that. And he set that forth in Romans chapter 8 in the first uh, 13 verses that we're going to mind the things of the Spirit. And when we mind the things of the Spirit, the Spirit is going to quicken our mortal bodies to basically to restrain sin and to live unto God. And therefore, through the Spirit, we're going to mortify the deeds of the body and live unto God. And we're going to do that as a son of God, a son and daughter of God. And we're going to be led by the Spirit of God. And all those things um, are spiritual things that the New Testament has provided us. And that New Testament provisions, those spiritual things of the New Testament, is what Paul's ministering to us here in the book of Romans. And therefore, when he talks about being led by the Spirit of God... You're getting the, the details of how God is going to, uh, how you're going to function and live, as he says there in verse 13. Ye shall live. How you're going to live, how you're going to walk after the Spirit. Well, he's going to lead you, but lead you in what? Well, you go back and look at 
uh, the the details of that new covenant in Jeremiah 31 as God was covenanting it with the nation Israel today he's, he hasn't given it to us in covenant form we've just become beneficiaries of those the spiritual things by God's grace and so we're not his covenanted people uh, I wouldn't even say that we're under the New Testament but we get the spiritual things of the New Testament and so part of that is God is going to write his laws write his law on our inward on, in our inner part in our inner man basically and therefore you have an issue of the word of God being dealt with there the law that he mentions there in Jeremiah 31 my understanding is not the the law of God the law of Moses that's going to be another law because the new covenant is not that like he made with Israel's fathers uh, like the old covenant and therefore it's got to be a different law and that's what he set forth here in Romans chapter 8 uh, if you look at verse 2 he says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death the law of God uh, as Paul describes the mechanics of it um, had a had a, the, the law of sin and death attached itself to it as it were and took occasion by the law of God to, to function as a law of sin and death but now there's a new law the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus and we ha we are in Christ Jesus we learned that from Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 11 and now there's a law there's going to be an operating principle of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and that's what the Spirit's going to do he's going to lead us he's going to lead us in the word of God and as a son of God and as we've received the Spirit of God, the Spirit of adoption, there's this particular things that the Spirit of adoption is going to get accomplished in us. Now that's all we need to know right now to, to come to understand Romans 8 verse 28. The Spirit of God is going to lead us in the living words of God to educate us and thereby by that education and by those words that the Spirit leads us in, live unto God in the details of our life. Now, bring that understanding to verse 28, and let's read it again. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, Paul is, this issue of and we know, he's, he's it's the way in which he's writing it here, he's, this, he's informing us right now that all things are going to work together for good. And he says that all things work together for good. And the question at least when I read this verse, as I ask, will all things work together? Well, when you have a category of all things, that doesn't leave much else. When you have all things work together, well, how can all things work together with anything else? We have to, we have to think of something that the context is dictating to inform us about how all things work together with, with what? And my understanding of this all things are, are all things of life, our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our, our jobs that we work at, all things. And what eventually we're going to see even sufferings are included in this. Any situation or circumstance, predicament that you could find yourself, that you can be in, that you are in, can work together for good. Now, my understanding is is not one thing works together with another thing. 
that's not the way it's written. He says all things, he's, he's including all the things of life into one grouping. And so he's not coming along and saying, well, your job works together with your marriage, and those two things can work together for good. Even that might be true in one sense, that's not what he's, he's necessarily getting at here in this verse. Now, when he says, and we know that all things work together, it's all things of life, whatever you want to put in that category, and they work together with something that's already been f- set forth, and that is the leading of the Spirit. And the leading of the Spirit, is he's going to lead us in the Word of God again, the Spirit of adoption. The issue of adoption is the Father's going to educate his sons and daughters in his business. And therefore, that education is going to work together with all things, and it's going to work together for good. And folks, that those words, for good, have to be further defined. Because the, ver- the verse doesn't read, and we know that all things work together as they should. It doesn't even say, and we know that all things work together for our good. Sometimes we implement those words and we, we force those words in there in our almost subconsciously. But we have to read it the way it is. And we know that all things work together for good. They simply work together for good. Well, what good? This goodness that's going to be worked out is really for God, for his goodness. And what it's eventually going to become is for his glory. That's going to be the good, the glory of God. So you have all the situations and circumstances of life working together with the education he's given you, working for his good, for for good, for his glory. And he says, to them that love God. Now, this issue of loving God has to become, we have to further define that too. This love is deeper than the love set forth in Romans chapter 5. This love as, as our love towards God has grown deeper based upon the information he's explained, he's given to us. We've now had a relationship with him and, and, and the things that we are learning from him. That not only did he justify us unto eternal life, not only did he sanctify us unto functional life, not only did he not give sin dominion over us because we're not under law, but he's put us under his grace. And not only can our fruit be unto holiness, and not only can that the end of that fruit be everlasting life, the, the very possession we can take out of this life and into the next, not only did he make us, uh, did, did he give us the spirit of adoption, and, and the Spirit's going to lead us. And not only did he make us the sons and daughters of God, not only are we going to deliver the creature from the bondage of corruption, not only are we the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, but we can suffer with him and, and therefore be glorified together with him. Not only is the, the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, not only have we received the first fruits of the Spirit, not only do we wait for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body, not only are we saved by hope, but now, and, and much more, but now we are coming to know that all things work together for good. And that love, therefore, to them that love God, is, is love consistent with the positive response of the information up until this point in the book of Romans. Therefore, this is not just any Christian. This is not any person who's justified unto eternal life in God's sight. These 
ones that he's talking about here, those that love God, are they, they love the things that God has explained to them. They understand them, and they're being worked out as much as they can in the details of their life. They love God to that point. And he says, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, we've all been called according to his purpose. But these are the ones who are going to partake in this. Because in all reality, folks, is that you can you can know that all things work together for good, but not actually have all things work together for good. You can know that you can be in any situation and that you're supposed to take the doctrine and have it work for good, but not take the doctrine in the situation circumstance of your life, and therefore not work it out for good. So these are the ones who are going to utilize this, what God has given us here. And it's to them who are the called according to his purpose. And what I want to stress to you today is that although we are all called according to his purpose, and although I'm sure we all love God to some measure, and that can be said of any Christian, all things don't work together for good because not all Christians love God to this manner. And therefore, they don't experience practically what this verse can do. And they don't experience practically what the Word of God can do in their life. They don't yield themselves unto it. They don't function they're not a functional son or daughter. They're a passive son and daughter. And they're, although they can read this verse and it could be a refrigerator magnet verse that they resort to, they're not going to get the effectual working of this verse in the details of their life unless they understand how it works, the mechanics of it, and, and, and esteem God and value God for who he is based upon the information up until this point. Now, I want to give you an example how all things can work together for good. Come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is probably no um, surprise to you going here. This is a passage of what the Apostle Paul uh, is explaining, the, the, the sufferings that he's going through. And I take sufferings because if you can see that in suffering can work together with the curriculum for good, then you should be able to see the the non-suffering issues work together with the curriculum for good. And look at what he says here. He's talking about the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, verse 6. And in verse 7 he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And he goes down and he, look at what he describes here. Look at He's going to use the terminology. Look at verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 4. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound. It's for our sakes, but this is why it's going to work. It's going to many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, 
But though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What it's eventually going to work is glory. And that glory works for us. And that glory is going to redound unto God. And therefore, it is true, folks, that all things can work together for good, for the glory of God, and work for us glory. And that's the way God's going to get his business done today. Have the word of God work effectually in you, in any and all things, situations, circumstances, predicaments of life, and work them for the glory of God, and therefore ours as well in the life that is to come. Because when we manifest and pun display the effectual working of God's word in us in an outward manifest form, that's bringing glory to God. We're manifesting the knowledge of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, we are functioning as Christians, ones that are like Christ, not only in knowledge, but in our conduct and behavior. And therefore we can intelligently know how all things work together for good. I hope and pray this was of some help to you. It's an issue that ought to be on our minds every, each and every day. As Paul says, we're renewed. Our inward man is renewed day by day. Day by day, we can take the word of God and prove it, gain experience with it, exercise it in the details of our life to have it work to the glory of God and work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's worth it. God's glory is worth it. May we be involved in this process. And if you want to understand these matters more, we'll eventually go through them once we get there on Sundays there in Romans chapter 8. Well, until next time, look up.